0: AM 560, the answer. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. You've tuned into Black and Right. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. And leading that revolution are your hosts, Charles Love and John Anthony.
1: Good afternoon. Welcome to Black and Right. This is Charles Love. This is John Anthony. We are coming to you live from the Illinois Conservative Union Conference in Bowling Brook at the golf course. I'm looking out the window right now. It's a beautiful day. Watching some guys hit the balls around or try to hit it. Yeah, well, they're trying.
2: Yeah, so we're going to have
1: an interesting show. Our first remote, so. Uh, Thank the station for allowing us to do this out here, giving us a chance to have a little fun and take the show on the road. Yeah, we got our main man, George,
3: helping us out today.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so he even uh, set up some phones for us. We'll see how that works out for us later. But um, we are going to uh, have a few guests here from the conference. Obviously, we're going to talk to the um, chairman of the conference about who invited us and give them a chance to uh, tell us what the event is about. But I want to start off with... uh, Talking about uh, our show yesterday. We had an interesting evening on Friday, didn't we, John?
3: Oh, Charles, look, I couldn't even sleep last night. I I mean, mean, my my adrenaline, my wife will tell you, my wife is here uh, looking right across from us. I did. I could not sleep last night. From the oh, adrenaline, man. that's rush. because I had
1: you so riled up. Oh, you had me riled look, up, look, and then we he he sitting <laughs> now. And most Saturdays, he's sitting, and I'm animated all the time. And after the show, he's like, In case you don't know what we're talking about, uh, last night we uh, Joe Walsh was on vacation, and we uh, co hosted Joe Walsh's show and did uh, three hours of different radio. and I got him up, I got him animated. <laughs> and uh, for, for those of you who are fans of Joe and didn't catch it. And those of you who are just like, I'm mad at Joe. I don't listen to his show uh, anymore. I implore you to download that podcast and listen to yesterday's show. It will be a mind opener for you. You will be like... Wow, I've never heard anything like this.
3: It was an awesome time to be had. And and you know what? We blacked out Joe's show. We had we had our our, our black producer Josh and you and I were there and it was amazing. And you know, I just want to just thank Joe Walsh and thank AM 560 for affording that, us that opportunity yes. to lead that show because
1: I mean, I mean we were hurting, what over 60 I think 70 80, nearly 80 60? stations.
3: Yeah. 80 stations. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, it's it's really cool. And like and I, and I joked about uh John was mention, mentioning his ancestry and uh, said that, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm mostly uh, Irish. And, and Josh in the booth goes, me too. And I, I made a joke. I'm like, well, it's like I'm in thin Lizzy over here. I was like, I wonder if anybody understood that reference. <laughs> wow, look at that. See, that's what happens when you do a re- remote. People just walk up and say, did you get my email? I didn't. <laughs>
4: well, we'll, well I'm, I'm we'll gonna go ahead later. with the show while
1: John's fans talk.
3: talk Settle to down, him. Charles.
1: Oh my Settle God! Down, when I grow up, I want to be more you are, like you.
3: You can. So you can, be, you can be more like me. Let's let's take this show on the road.
1: There we go. So, um, if you missed it, most of the conversation that it, w- that we did last night was just a bigger, longer form. It's like a long form version of what we do here, talking about conservatism. Uh, trying to defeat the left and advance uh, conservatism, but John and I have a different approach, so Go Trump. we uh, kind of uh, went back and, you know, Trump made some some serious uh, news yesterday, so we definitely had a back and forth about about Trump. We just... Uh,
3: okay, hold on. What? Hold on. Did you see the tweet I sent you where Trump said, hey, basically he was tongue-in-cheek, he was messing around with the media, and he wasn't saying that he was the chosen one. He was the second coming savior.
1: Did you see that tweet? Um I didn't see the tweet. Well, you sent it to me. You know, I ignore everything you send me. Oh yeah, but I, um, I mean, you can't ignore truth, though. But Charles. why did Come he on. have to? But why did he have to explain what? Because he was the doing? media, the media, 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 media. Because he knew that he was not clear, right? No, the media took that totally out of context. Okay. Totally. Yeah. Well. Well, that may be the case. And you, <laughs> I took it out of context. It's okay, go Trump um, twenty twenty. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that is what you get here. You get a lot of Trump and a little, little bit of not Trump. Not much not Trump and a lot of anti left. And yeah, it was three hours of uh, you know interesting conversation. So check that out. Go to AM five sixty and check out the Joe Walsh podcast. Look at uh, yesterday's show and um, let, oh, tell us what, what you think. Here. But. Uh, Right now, Uh-oh. we are joined by, you know, part of when you're doing a remote, you have to, people come in and out, and you got to wait for your people to show up. So, you know, we are here now with Carol Davis, who is the uh, president of the Illinois Conservative Union, who's putting on the conference today. Thank you, Carol, Hi, Carol. for inviting us, and oh, we want you, to, you uh, to give so you an opportunity to, to uh, tell us about it.
2: Well, you know, this has been a dream of ours for a long time. You know, we started as a Tea Party group about a decade ago, and um probably about four or five years ago i said you know we've got all of these wonderful organizations working for the conservative movement but we're in silos and we're not working together yes. and so um about four years ago we held our first conference in bloomington and we had about 60 people show up mm-hmm. and we thought hey you know 60 <laughs> people not bad and it's increased every year and the beautiful thing is is that where else can you go in Illinois to find an Illinois-focused, like, laser focus on Illinois problems? And with all these groups from Illinois Family Institute to Act for America to uh, Heartland Institute, all the different groups coming together, working together, Americans for Prosperity, that has been the dream and it's really starting to come together. Well, don't
1: undersell yourself. You you, you made the point. The first time you did it, you had 60 people. You're like, wow, this is good. How many people did you have last
2: year? 250. See? Wow. So 250. it's growing. It's growing every yeah. year, right?
1: Yes. So, I mean... I thought it was really great when you uh, told us about the event. and you well, it started, Carol was like, hey, you also try to come out after your show or before your show. Just try to make it just for a couple minutes. And I said, I don't know. Let's just get crazy. Let's just, you know, send an email out to the stations. like, how about we do a remote? And they were really cool to let us come out here. So we'll get to grab some of the people, talk to some of your speakers. You all, the listeners will be able to hear some of the people who spoke here, find out the quality of the people we bring here, And your keynote is going to come on, which is uh, uh, C.L. Yeah. C. Bryant. Oh, so awesome. stay tuned if you want to hear C.L. He is very inspiring, a great speaker, syndicated radio host, and he'll be on with us uh, after the uh, seg- on the third segment. So, great. thank you, Carol, for coming on and telling us more. Uh, John has yeah. a question. For- so,
3: so Carol, you know, Illinois has mm. a ton of litany of problems. Mm. Is the party beginning to come around to accept working with you guys?
2: Well, you know, sadly, I think the. the- Republican Party itself is divided. Oh. They've got the establishment people who dig their heels in and try to purge the party of their base, which is us conservatives. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I am seeing more and more conservatives getting involved in the party and warning establishment GOP. We are going to take you over.
1: Oh, that sounds like a warning you shot. A, a shot across the bow. <laughs> well, well, there you go, Carol. Thanks for coming with us. Thank you for being on. And uh Thank you for inviting us.
2: Well, thank you, guys. Keep up the great work. You're awesome.
1: Thank you so much,
3: Carol. Enjoy.
1: So next we have... Uh Here uh, he comes. Here comes the troublemaker. Attorney, lawyer, um, constitutionalist, Dave Shostok here with us. Dave, thank you for joining us.
4: It is so great to be here with you, Mr. Anthony. Mr. Love. <laughs> oh, We're for, we got the formal.
1: formal, right? So, Dave, like I said, is an attorney, and he is. Um, uh, he wrote a couple books. One about the Constitution, Constitutional Soundbites, which I love because he made it. Uh, I would say, digestible for people who aren't lawyers and explain why it was important. And today he was speaking about how he followed that up with a book about the Declaration of Independence because it was referenced
4: how many times in the Constitution? You know, I wrote the book about the Constitution. And when I got through with writing the book about the Constitution, I found 140 references to the Declaration of Independence. So it needed a book of its own. It needed a book of its own, and it's quite clear that folks can't... Everybody goes around saying they support the Constitution, or people take an oath to support the Constitution. But the fact is, is if you don't understand the Declaration of Independence... Uh, People don't go out and die so the president can serve four years. Exactly. we got two
1: minutes here, and I want to make sure you get to the important piece. So you did a presentation today, and you brought up this new 1619 project. Mm -hmm. And up on the screen, you put the New York Times Post um, article up, and you highlighted something where it says, the writer says it was, I guess, a series of stuff, and one of them said, our democracy's founding ideals were false when they were written, and that kind of raised your ire. Tell us why.
4: That raised my ire because, of course, they were self-evident truths. They were the first guys, in fact, to put together the idea that all men were created equal. They set the tone. They set the, they set the, they set the abolition of slavery in motion yes. with those things. Yeah. To say that they were false when they were written is just obscene. John? D- Dave, have you, have you sent that book
3: to Springfield? Or do you, have you sent it to the Capitol? Because, because here's the reason why. When you look at what's happening in, in, in our, what they now call in democracy, we're not a democracy. No. Why, why did we get away from the whole constitutional republic, uh, a nation of laws? Because we and stopped.
4: We need was. to go back there. What are the steps for it? What are the steps forward? Well, the steps forward, obviously, are education. I can tell you that uh, the whole thing about democracy got uh, screwed up with Woodrow Wilson when he went out to save the world for democracy. This
1: is why I like this guy. He is my least favorite president, and you put it out there. Woodrow, <laughs> I can name 17 things that he really did. I wish we had more time, but this, this what you did here was great, giving people back to the Constitution. Uh, that's important. And, you know, uh, people should check out your
4: book, Soundbites. And what's the Declaration book? Constitutional Soundbites is the first first one. The second one is creating the Declaration of Independence. They're both available on Amazon. Folks can get them anywhere, and they can they can help be part of the solution. They can help do Dave, education. So, thanks a lot, Dave. Dave Shostokis, this is Charles and John, Black and Right on AM560,
1: The Answer.
0: right continues on am 560 once again here are your hosts charles love and john anthony
1: welcome back to black and right with john anthony and charles love i like to let that one roll i'm a big fan of that song uh we're going to shift gears here and talk about uh this new push for marijuana you know where uh here in the state of illinois they legalized uh marijuana and they're uh, a fight to uh, make money on it and put dispensaries in different areas, and everybody's not really keen on having it. Actually, in, in some parts of the south side of Chicago, where everybody thinks this is what they want, some people are like, how do I make money on it? But a lot of people in the community are like, I don't want it, John.
3: Yeah. Hey, Mayor, uh, we have joined here with, um, I always call him the greatest mayor in, uh, in the United States of America, Mayor Roger Clare. How's, thanks for
5: joining us, Mayor. Well, that comment will light up the switchboard. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of switchboard, give us a call if you want to talk about marijuana. and have a question for the mayor at 312-642-5600. Uh, yeah. So, so Mayor, w- walk, us through, walk us through what happened when, when you, you guys saw the bill that was
3: passed, and then what happened with, uh, was there a conversation with you and the um,
5: village trustees? Walk us through that process and how this no vote came to be. Well, it actually goes back to video poker. Oh. Uh, I watched that whole process mm-hmm. of video poker as a way to balance your budget. And, of course, that passed. And we opted out of that, too. And then along came marijuana. It wasn't certainly like, well, that's the thing to do. It's just, you know, it's like the old movie A Wonderful Life, which I watched growing up. But I'm sure you've all seen it at least once. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart and how he they had this situation where they had a life if he had not been born because he was a community leader. And it became Pottersville. Yes. And Illinois, I think, is kind of becoming Pottersville, that uh, anything goes to balance your budget. And I think to balance budgets on gambling and drugs is just it's frightening. But, but that's actually what's happening now. You know, well, I, that, I, I exactly. served down there.
3: And any time that we came to, it came time to balance the budget, it was always balancing on some vice. How can that be
5: sustainable? Well, the the sad part is, as I said earlier this morning, nobody wants to tackle either side of the aisle. Correct. Wants to tackle spending. It's a spending problem. Yes. We just assume the spending that's there is going to continue. Let's find a way to support it. So, hey, let's do marijuana. And that's what they did. But we voted five to one to opt out. Wow. Uh, And everybody I've talked to, of course, I've had a Facebook like the rest of you, and I've been called (laughs) a moron and... And, I, you know, some of the people said, well, just do it for the money. You know, forget your position on marijuana and drugs. Just do it for the money. I said, you know, first of all, 8% of the state's take is going to go into the local government distribution fund. Mm-hmm. So we will get a per capita share of all that revenue. Mm-hmm. That's just the way they wrote the law, and then we will take that money. But I don't think it's appropriate to take the money by having it. And, of course, as I told a few people, if we did approve it, I can see the fight is uh, where you're going to put it. Yeah, I don't want it in my backyard. I just want the money. The
3: Do backyard. you guys have any medical marijuana facilities in Bolingbrook?
5: No. We were never approached to get one. I mean, those were limited, and uh, those decisions were made by others. I was never approached for that. I have been called about uh, marijuana well, by well, several people.
1: You made a good point about uh, the importance of spending, and that's my big thing, being a, a capitalist at heart. And why do you think that neither side really want? I, I get why the left doesn't want to do it, but why can't we even get our Republican elected officials to focus on mm. spending?
5: Well, <laughs> <laughs> if only you could see. I, no, I understand the House because they run every two years and they're continually threatened by constituents' groups. Mm-hmm. You can't cut this. You can't cut that. We need more of this. We need more of that. Uh, the Senate, uh, different ball game, perhaps, but even then they're still afraid of the threats of constituent groups. I mean, the importance of lobbyists in Springfield, well, I shouldn't say the importance of it. It's not necessarily important, but it's the reality. They get their way by throwing a lot of money around, and you try, follow the money. Look at the people that give out the most uh, contributions come the primaries and the generals. I, th- and- I think you're forgetting one, though. Madigan's rules. Be- be-
3: based upon his rules, that don't, the, 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 the Republicans... And those on the right will never be able to make any real headway in Springfield as long as Madigan's rules are in power.
5: Well, that's obviously a part of it, too. But, you know, going back to the the marijuana, I just, I mean, I'm stunned that, that the people are, I mean, a lot of communities are talking about it. It seems to me most are probably going to allow it. There's not enough licenses to go around, so they're not all going to get it, even though they're going to allow it. And yeah, you can. One one people say, Well, can we smoke it in Bolingbroke? Well, sure, you can smoke it. It's a state, you know, state law. Right. But it's still against federal law. Mm-hmm. And the biggest troubling part is every police agency I'm aware right. of 100% were opposed to it. Right. Now, when we totally ignore 100% of our police agencies, what does that say? And a lot of fire agencies yeah. were opposed to it. Yeah. And if you get stopped on January 15th of this year and you're stoned, there's no way to measure how stoned you are. Absolutely. And it, worse than that, if you happen to hit somebody and kill somebody or or, yeah, harm harms somebody in some way, shape, or form, what's the recourse? Because you're not going to be charged, thing.
1: Right.
3: Right. Has, has, has the governor reached out to you or anybody from his office of, of tr- tried to pressure you into not and to you know making it the law here?
5: No, I'm getting no. no calls at all. Okay, uh, I don't expect, that's interesting. I don't expect hear from the governor. No.
1: <laughs> well, well, uh, <laughs> before we go, uh, thanks for being here with us. We're talking to the mayor Boland, uh Roger Clark. Um, what I, I got to ask the question: There's very few strong Republicans in the state, so I want to ask you. Some give you, Get some thoughts from you about the national politics, about uh, Trump, the administration, what they're trying to do, the pushback he gets from within the party, and the sometimes unfair uh, pushback he gets from um, the left. Like Charles <laughs> Love? <clears throat> I said the left.
5: <laughs> uh, there was a question in there somewhere. What, right, yeah,
1: what do you think that uh, – um, what are your thoughts on the uh, administration, what he's doing, you know um, – and uh, his approach to, um, you know, pushing the uh, uh, Republican agenda.
5: Well, I don't think, I I know I don't like a lot of things he tweets and does and says. I don't think anybody does. But then again, I've never particularly agreed with everybody when they speak. He tends to speak more than most, a lot more than most, his morning tweet. I don't tweet myself, and I've been told by people, it's a good (laughs) thing you don't, because (laughs) I might have a tendency to put out a tweet or two that I'd like to (laughs) withdraw. But I do think what he's done with the economy and the spirit and the leadership in the world of the United States, even though it's not been always graceful, mm-hmm. uh, I think f- for a change, we have people, the world knows who's in charge here. Yeah. I don't think they always knew that with the last several administrations.
1: That's true.
3: Well, I want to thank you for the pen that I have on. This is the pen from the... Uh, 2016 inauguration that you gave out to all of the um, delegates. Yeah, I, I
5: gave them all out. I don't have any. You, want you don't have any? You want to give it back? You want to, you <laughs> you want to <laughs> take it back? No, no. Oh, no, no I'll let you all fight, <laughs> <laughs> fight about uh, that. Uh, one, uh, uh, one other thing about the, the marijuana. 30 seconds. Oh, well, they don't have a way to measure that Oh, the, okay. They don't have a way to measure No, go yet. ahead. Tell us. And corporate America will come up with one. It will be expensive, and the cost of putting all those devices in every police vehicle and so forth is going to be enormous, and that's going to eat up a lot of those taxes they keep taking. Oh, oh
1: so you mean the cost to, to measure it? Right. To, to see whether people are past that point when they're driving When they that figure stuff. that
5: out, and, of course, they have to have a trailer bill this fall. Yep to explain what they did. Yes. Right.
1: And, and what do you think is going to happen with employers? Like you said, it's still a federal law, so are they going to still allow employ- employers to say, where well, our, our uh, employees can't do this? And can't, you know, they, most businesses drug test, right? Yeah. But you're saying it's legal in the state, but the businesses are still drug testing.
5: Well, that <laughs> may go away, too. You right. can't ask about salary history, you can't ask yeah, age, you can't ask about a lot of other things. Criminal so you history. You can't ask if you're stoned or not. I yeah. don't know.
3: Well, wow. I, I think some of the rules and regs and, and, and organizations will probably cover them from that, though.
5: Well, it will, and, of course, rules of the Federal Highway Administration and truck driving and so forth. they got some pretty strong rules, but how are they going to be interpreted?
3: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, Mayor, I I really appreciate you coming out and, and talking to us about marijuana in, in Boulderburg. And you guys, It's it's right now it's only... Bolinbrook and Naperville, they're the only two uh, cities, I, correct? You
5: followed. I think Naperville's going to flip. Oh, they're going to flip? Yeah. Oh, wow. that's breaking that's, news. That's the rumor. Wow. Wow. Well, thank
3: you, Mr. Mayor. We well, really appreciate you coming out. for your time. We You're welcome. It. Enjoy your weekend. All right. Enjoy the rest of the, sh- um, the afternoon. Yep.
5: Thanks.
1: Wow, wow Charles. good. <laughs> it's good to get an inside perspective as yeah. to what's going on. Because um, I got high. Yeah, because you got hot. <laughs> but um, I think that um, – it's interesting that, you know, so many people uh, look at things just from the financial thing. They don't care about – and there's a cost, like like the mayor said. There's a cost to not just implementing it to what happens to people, what t- happens to families and all those kind of things. So you can't just say, well, we're going to make all this money on one end and not – Focus on the money you have to spend to make that money. Yeah, because it's all about balancing the budget,
3: so they don't really care about you know. But it's not about balancing the budget. <laughs> well, right, right. The budget. Well, on paper, it's no, it's, it's balancing it's the budget. It's about more spending. I mean, is what it's Il- about, Illinois right? hasn't had a balanced budget in what since what 15, 16, 18, 18, 16, 18 years a real true <laughs> balanced budget, and, and because anytime they pass a budget, at least when I was down there in the, in the three budgets that I was uh, took apart, and uh, the budgets they would always run a trailer bill. The next year to figure out how to pay for the doubt, for, you know, the monies that we're missing. So I mean, come on, man,
1: this is ridiculous. Well, we're coming up to the hard break. Uh, what you don't want to leave, you don't want to go away. Coming up, we're going to have C. O. Bryant, motivational speaker, syndicated radio host, and author, to talk about, and documentarian, uh, filmmaker, to talk about his book and conservatism and other things. This is Charles and John Black and Right, on AM five sixty, The Answer. <laughs>
0: This is Black and Right on AM560 with John Anthony and Charles Love.
1: Welcome back to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer with John Anthony and Charles Love. We are pleased and honored to be uh, joined by a heavyweight in uh, conservatism, uh, syndicated radio host, author, current book, A Race for Freedom, filmmaker, runaway slave, everybody knows him, C.L. Bryant, Welcome to the show. John, Charles,
6: thank you so much for having me on. Glad to be here with you. We're happy you're here.
1: So he is the keynote speaker here at the Illinois Conservative Union Conference. And uh, just give us a quick uh, brief of what you're going to tell the people about, how you're going to fire the people up today.
6: The idea is to uh, make certain that we understand that there is a certain pulling away from our American values that our grandparents uh, understood even though times were not better for them uh, they were better people and for some reason we have gotten away from that uh, if they were to come back and see the some of the things that we're voting for and some of the things that we are about they would think that we'd lost our minds and they certainly would think that we'd lost our way and regardless of what your skin color is and regardless of who you are in this country or how you got to this country uh, that is the truth for all of us
1: yeah
3: See, so, so, yeah, what are your thoughts on the correlation between identity politics, socialism, and how and the resurrection of this with with socialism, especially in the minority black communities?
6: Well, you know, I'm glad that you use the word resurrection because there has definitely been a death uh, from the time that uh, Dr. King spoke in '63 about a dream that he had, uh, and that dream was far away from the idea of being identified as far as our political. Uh, views are concerned by color. Uh, it, it appears now in 2019 that uh, that is the sp- specified uh, way that we want to be identified instead of the idea that he uh, prescribed for us. And that is uh, the strength of our character. Uh, black people, ob- uh, evidently, are very strong people. We're survivors. And our story, even to ourselves, is not something that's being told. Uh, that is uh, a very important thing that uh, I think is missing from the, the fabric of our young people is that uh, they don't know their story. Uh, uh, th- their story is one uh, uh, that's being told to them that they're they're victims. No, they are victors. Hey. And, and that is the, the idea that we Ooh. are charged with as Egg far as telling uh, that story, is that how we have overcome. There was a song once uh, called We Shall Overcome. And even though we all have not arrived, and I don't think we will until Jesus comes, but uh, until uh, that day, we must uh, look at ourselves as people who are occupying. And I think that our people, black people, are indeed the Josephs of our modern day era, uh, taken into captivity, sold into captivity even by our brothers. But yet we have a message that I think we are missing as far as the importance of what it could be. You you know you, you all throughout that I mean that
3: was such a moving the way you were able to tell that what what you just spoke of you spoke a lot about faith I heard a lot about Jesus where is that that's missing would you
6: agree and and how do we how do we repair that breach when it comes to faith Black folks uh, love Jesus there's no question about it and uh, I'm the the grandson of a a Baptist preacher a country Black Baptist preacher. But uh, something very queer happened to us uh, from uh, 1970 up until this present moment, and that is uh, they have gotten us to laugh at mm. things that uh, we should not be laughing at. And even though there are programs that came on in the 70s, like Good Times, uh, you know, All in a Family, you know, the Jeffersons and that type of thing. And they were they were telling very important stories at that point in time. But I think that we began to laugh ourselves into a point where we became stereotypical. Uh, we became wow. caricatures hmm. of our own selves. And unfortunately, my friends, uh, even today, we have not broken out of that stereotypical view that Hollywood had given to us And so that's that's where the church went awry because black preachers bought into that story as well.
1: Right. So we are all, all three of us, all black conservatives, all pushing back against the left. And, you know, it's an uphill battle. And I think that part of the problem is that, you know, people somehow got confused and they think that they're fighting the same fight that the people were fighting during the civil rights era, right? They say, well, they were fighting for equality and we're fighting for equality. We know it's not the same, but they think it's the same and somehow they need to know the difference. And I know many people know you, so they know that you were a leader the NAACP. yes, right, so you know what the movement was like compared to now, so give us a, a, a quick a, for a quick minute here, Tell us how we can explain to people that what they 're
6: saying today is totally antithetical to what we were fighting for then. Dr. Benjamin Hooks was the uh, director of the national director of the NAACP when I was president of the Garland branch of the NAACP, which was the second largest branch in uh, Texas at that point in time. Dallas County being the the largest, Dallas being the largest. Uh, what you're seeing happening today is what I like to call stolen valor, John and Charles. Wow. Uh, the, the thing that uh, our, our parents and grandparents uh, did indeed uh, fight and uh, try to win and did win uh, was something that took great courage and personal sacrifice. And when we look at our young people who have no clue what true racism is right uh i'm 63 years old and, and I, i've been called I, i've written on the back of well, buses we're coming up
1: here to the break can you stay
2: over by all means because yeah, i, I want to
1: be able to finish that thought and to talk about your book this is black and right on am 560 the answer with charles love and john anthony you bet
0: and now more of black and right on am 560 here are your hosts charles love and john anthony
1: Welcome back to Black and Right. Charles Love, John Anthony, sitting here with the formidable C.L. Bryant. Uh, When we left, he was uh, finishing my question about uh, what we can do to uh, why the left and the uh, people who think that they're fighting civil rights uh, the same
6: way they were in the past uh, are mistaken. Uh, go on, sir. John, they are greatly mistaken, uh, as former president of the AACP, and I guess was saying, and by the way, I love the name of y'all's show. <laughs> I just love that. Black and right. Yeah. And we still
1: haven't figured out which one's <laughs> He calls me Blackish.
6: <laughs> <laughs> good film. A good, good show, by the way. But this, this is what I was saying. If, in fact, uh, we. Are uh, to be honest with our young people, we must let them know that the things that they are experiencing in today's America is nowhere close to what uh, those who have paved the way. Uh, uh, experienced. I've I've actually drank from uh, colored and white water fountains and mm. ridden on the back of the bus, and I think that a certain uh, valor is being stolen from those who actually uh, paid the price. Young people today have no real clue what true racism is. I've been called the N word by people who knew how to say it mm. and make a person of color feel it in their very spirit, in their very soul. And and young people today they have the privileges that 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 we would have never had. Uh, before. And so the valor uh, that it took to get them to where they are uh, does not uh, mean that they have the right now to squander that by acting and, and the way that, that they do and behaving wow. the way that they do. Well, that's an excellent answer. You know, what I, I'm thinking about, as you know, I'm, I'm the Trump supporter
3: on the show. Uh, when you think about Trump, you, th- you hear all these, he's racist, he's a racist, he's a racist, he's a racist. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of it had to do with what he did with Baltimore and I personally believe what he did to Baltimore was genius. He ripped the bandage so that 30 years of liberal policies
6: would be exposed. What are your thoughts on that, and, and what's the way forward with Trump and black America? Elijah Cummins uh, has not done anything. Uh, if you go to uh, uh, C.L. Bryant, Baltimore, you'll see a, a mini documentary that he did there. Uh, Elijah Cummings has not done his job, but yet black folks keep sending him back uh, for uh, another term in office. Is it against the law? Is it racist to call out someone who is failing Mm. a community? Are black people so sensitive? Are we so sold out and uh, betrayed uh, by our own that we are become as Stockholm syndrome victims that you you begin to defend your captors? Elijah Cummings has held that community in captivity uh, for a long time. And Donald Trump has the courage as a white man, quote unquote, uh, in order to expose that. And, and, and John Charles, is, is there anything wrong with speaking the truth about uh, a, a situation that you can see with your own lying eyes is happening <laughs> uh, right before you, that black people are being misrepresented, abused and used by elected officials who look like them? And there's so many
3: more of Elijah Cummings that are out there throughout America that 's what I hope Trump opens up even more when he goes on the attack right because he 's attacking policies he 's not attacking people
6: he 's attacking policies that have that have gone unchallenged for decades. Brothers, I pray that the pain of our past that is still uh, emanating and permeating itself in our present can be a bridge to uh, some type of positive future for us. And I certainly hope we don't allow the progressive liberals, especially those who look like you and me, uh, to distort that to a point where uh, we are, uh, again, enslaved.
1: Well, you were, uh, during the break, you were saying something important, and John wanted to make it a point that you said it on air about interviewing Trump and speaking to Al and some of the other people about him not being racist. Right, the
6: right, right. And, and hey, folks, uh, this is the fact. If, in fact, you are uh, paying attention, pay attention to this. Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson, they have to be coerced into saying anything bad about Donald Trump. Do you know why? Because when they would go with their hands out Mm. to get a check from Mr. Trump at the tower... Uh, Trump would put a, a check in their hand. Wow. And uh, he wasn't a racist then. Did he know they were black? I think he did. <laughs> I think he did. I don't think he could miss either Al or Jesse. And, uh, so, but he put a, a check in the hand. Ask Mike Tyson. Ask uh, Sean Puffy Combs about uh, Donald Trump. Ask anybody before he ran for president who's black in New York City if Donald Trump was deemed a racist. Ask Oprah wow. if Donald Trump was deemed a racist. No, he was not. Well, we got a, a, a couple minutes left, and I want to make sure we promo,
1: promo you, because you did a great job to come here and speak with us. Talk about your book, A Race for Freedom, a
6: little bit, and tell us about your show, The C. O'Brien Show, and where they can listen to it. Yeah, you can download free The C. O'Brien Show app onto your iPhones or uh, favorite devices. Uh, my book, uh, A Race for Freedom, is endorsed by my good friend, Sean Hannity. And I'll be speaking here uh, as at the close of this uh, event here at the conservative uh, convention, gathering here. Here in Bowling Brook, beautiful Bowling Brook, Illinois, right outside of Chicago. And uh, we're on live two hours every day from 12 p.m in the east until 2 p.m., in, uh, and I certainly invite all of you to go to FreedomWorks.org, FreedomWorks.org, and become a part of the uh, largest grassroots organization. It's a movement in the nation. I want to thank you guys so much for having me on. i got to have you on. <laughs> you got to have us on. As well. You
3: know, see. I, I, I see a good friend of mine that I serve with in the General Assembly, Jeannie Ives. Hey, Jeannie, what's going on with you? Hi, Genie. I had to give her a shout out. Well, I
1: appreciate it. The book, A Race for Freedom, the show, C. O'Brien's show, the movie, Runaway Slave. He's got it all. Look at FreedomWorks. Go to freedomworks.org, right?
6: That's freedomworks.org, and the movie you can get on Amazon Prime in the comfort of your own home tonight. There you go. Just download it. Ladies and gentlemen, C. O'Brien,
1: thanks a lot for being with us. Thank you. This is Charles and John black and right on am 560 the answer when we come back we're going to uh do a little promo of a book that's coming out soon there's a book signing uh, gonna celebrate john's uh, wife
0: we now return to black and right on am 560 here are charles love and john anthony
1: Welcome back to Black and Right. John Anthony and Charles Love. Uh, I'm pleased to be joined by, with an, another author, uh, John's wife, yeah. Oh, she handed me a book. Thank you. Yeah. It's supposed to be a free one. And
2: uh, she free. Uh, got bills to and, pay. A, and,
1: I, and I think the Anthony's love to run on exact time because she was walking up here. Right? We were like, Where is she? No one in the seat. And John does that too. I think John came in today at like one ten for the one hundred and five oh, show.
3: I'm always uh, on time. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a hey. That's the cop time. I, I'm always on time.
1: On time. Yes. So the book is colorful. The mother. I mean the wife. I can't read, can I? I'm sorry. Let's start over. It does say the mother, though. I'm not making it up. It's colorful. The woman, the wife, the mother. I got the right ones. It's in different order. Thank you, Charles. Thank you for joining us. Tell us about the book. Thank you. Look, Thank talking you. to the mic.
7: Thank you, Charles. Uh, it's a huge opportunity to be able to share with you all today. Um, Colorful is about sharing my personal journey as a woman, as a wife, and a mother. We have, John and I have six amazing kids and. Not we, 17, Charles. Uh, yeah, he makes that joke often, um, but we—but it just shares my personal journey of journeying through uh, living a colorful life through and embracing the good, the bad, and the indifferent. And so um, I'm, I'm excited about sharing on Monday. We are launching the book at the Holiday Inn in Joliet. So I'm inviting you folks out to just come and celebrate with me um, as we share this exciting, this would be my second book. So I'm really glad that I got the opportunity to be here today. You all have questions that are going to be easy for me.
3: <laughs>
1: What's your name again? <laughs> <laughs> all right, Interview's over. Really easy questions about quantitative easing and uh, inverted yield curves. Oh, that was like yesterday's show. Charles. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm still on Joe. Uh, <laughs> you
3: know, you know I, I, Charles, I, I've had a up close and you know view of th- all of the contents in that book.
1: <laughs> the, the good, the bad,
3: the, the different. Uh, more, more so I, the bad. I, I, <laughs> more so the bad, but it's it's. You know, I, I've seen Deborah grow from it. We've been married 19 years. He got
7: it right. Excuse
3: me, July 22nd, 2000. Come on, I know. That. I know when when we got married, and we've been. And, and I've I've just seen her grow and blossom into the woman she is today. And I had n- really nothing to do. Well, I had a lot to do with it, with the bad part, but. <laughs>
7: <laughs> it has been a, it's, I call our journey colorful. It, that's that's in it the says. name of the book. Anybody know anything about John Anthony, he will take you on a journey. I call it
1: blackish. Is that kind of the same? <laughs> blackish? It's colorful? No, no, there's I'm no sorry. color in blackish. Oh, I'm sorry. Come on. Ish? The is part. No, there's no
7: color.
1: But uh, Go ahead. No, I mean this is your wife. You put it on. You put it on the stage. Tell, talk more about your badness. I want to hear more about no, the bad don't. part, the John Anthony part. Tell me more about that, Deborah. Deborah, tell me more about the bad.
7: Well, there is only opportunities <laughs> for growth. I
1: don't look at you it know, in no, the, no. The but. funny thing here for those who can't see it. So we're doing a live remote, but there's a there's a program going on, right? So there's people in the room speaking, and we're outside the room. We now have an audience. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> A everybody audience. wants to live audience, live studio audience.
1: everybody wants to hear about this book
7: so, so tell us
3: about it i mean go into more a little, little bit more detail. so
7: i I just want to share that um you I'll know we I all am. we all have this idea or or what I would call illusion that we paint ourselves um as especially as little girls we paint ourselves a picture of what we want our lives to be like. And when we kind of grow up and begin to encounter life, we realize that it doesn't go quite the way we planned. And so in Colorful, I share as a woman how uh, my picture that I painted for my life became very different. And as you begin to encounter challenges. So it's a very transparent journey of my learnings from the
1: younger me to, the, to who
7: I am today. It
1: sounds like every woman should buy this book. What about, is there something in here for the men too? You got some stuff in there for me? Uh, you'll learn how to <laughs> treat <her>. <laughs> <laughs> How to just say, yeah, the wife part? Oh, so they're going to be inspired. I got to learn. It's a class <laughs> for me. Yeah, yeah. I like to learn. No, that's okay. Again, the book is colorful. Let me see if I get them in the right order. The woman, the wife. The mother, stop looking at me like that. And tell us about the book signing again, real quick.
7: The book signing is Monday at uh, six, and it's at the Holiday Inn in Joliet. Look forward to seeing you all.
1: See, that's the mic drop. There's nothing else to say about that. The that book, that, that wasn't you, bad. You promoted the book. Everybody goes out and uh, buys several copies. This is Black and Right, John and Charles on AM five sixty. The next answer. Week. See you next week. Download the Joe Walsh podcast from Friday.